0: sabbath is sort of like a protest against mm. the way of this world you're saying i'm going to trust god that i can take a day off from making money and he'll still provide for me mm. i can trust god that that i'm not actually that important <laughs> yeah right i'm loved thanks, and valued be to right? god <laughs> but i'm not like uh, you're, you're not, not everything
1: atlas hinges upon me right yeah you're, you're not, not holding the world on your <laughs> shoulders
0: Hello this is Pastor John and this is Pastor Tim. This is the Every Moment is podcast and today we have a very special guest with us Dr. Vanessa Seifert who is here with us uh, talking about Sabbath. What is a Sabbath? Why should we take a Sabbath? How do you practice a Sabbath? Uh, That's going to be what we're doing today. Um, Before we'll say hello.
2: Hello Pastor John. (laughs) Hello Pastor Tim. Great to
0: have you here. Welcome to Carney. Came here all the way from Lincoln, and uh, but before we get too far in, one disclosure: we're tired. <laughs> we had we're coming off of the All Church Workers Conference here in Kearney at the wonderful Eunice Center. All of the district workers were invited to that. We had teachers and DCEs and pastors, and it was a it was a crowd, right? About five hundred people. It was a crowd. It was a crowd, but we had a good time.
1: Yeah. But now all the introverts are scurrying away to find holes. Yes. (laughs) And just too much intensity, too many, too many people in one place.
0: So you may hear the sound of sipping coffee during this podcast because we have our coffee from baristas. Yeah. And
1: scooters. There we go. Yeah. So uh, Vanessa, you do uh, a lot of different things, but you're primarily a coach so how you would describe yourself? You're a coach and a scholar, I would say. Yeah. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I would say those are two uh, pretty safe descriptors for... Um, a backdrop of the majority that I work of the work that I do, I I uh, have a background as a director of Christian education in the Lutheran Church Missouri mm-hmm. Synod, and so have always had, since becoming a Christian, that is in college, had a love for the local church, and so mm-hmm. the local church really is the context I do remain tethered to, um, but a little bit in more of a deployed sense these days. So I'm called through Calvary Lutheran Church in Lincoln and mm-hmm. deployed and sent to our Nebraska District LCMS. Uh, really all over the state so the work that I type of the the type of work that I do really marries my background in church work and college teaching and in executive coaching so what a joy to be able to have an opportunity to synthesize all of that work um, as a scholar practitioner. So I'm mm-hmm. a bit of a geek, but I do pride myself on being a geek for the people. So if <laughs> my thoughts cannot be translated in such a way that anyone can understand, well, then whatever I have to think and say really isn't that helpful.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you're, you're a cool. DCE by training. Yep, you and got it. We love DCEs so much we have three of them here at holy cross we do yeah Just stacking them up here yeah Yeah. and but then you did your tell us about your doctoral work um what was your your focus your dissertation work on
2: yeah so there's a little bit of history around the choice and the topic i had been a christian at that point for oh i'd say about seven to eight years and in reflection of my life as a christian it became increasingly alarming that my mindset about faith in the everyday had shifted so greatly in terms of the ways that I lived my life. And so I Hmm. began to ask the personal question, which then turned into the academic question. How is it that someone that believes in something so true and has a a set mindset about it could really fall away and practice uh, from something? And then what does it take to repractice and rebuild and unlearn and relearned ways of living um, to a different way. And so really essentially that's, that's, that's my area of study mm-hmm. is how do leaders help people unlearn and relearn mindsets? How mm-hmm. are thinking, being, mm-hmm. and acting connected? And of course, within the backdrop of the church, we know that faith mm-hmm. in Christ is what weaves and powers that journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: I think I, what I hear you saying too is that we, we can know things but knowing things, scripture, catechism, Christian teaching, doesn't always translate into habits or practices or really lifestyle. It doesn't always translate into action. Um, and, and I think that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is very practical, Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of like the journey we've taken with you in the past Wow, like two years, right? Yeah, that's right. right. So you do work with pastors in the Nebraska district in, in training them, helping them through this this process of learning and growing, and, mm-hmm. and we are in that right now. Uh, Pastor Tim and I have been um, taking this leadership journey with you, with a bunch of other guys in our area, uh, from Grand Island and from Holdridge and from these other towns, and it's been quite the journey of, taking things that we know, or maybe didn't know, (laughs) Yeah. but a lot of things we know, and learning how do we practice these things in our daily
1: life, and one of those things is Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. the Sabbath is really about rhythm of life, and mindset too, so we're glad you're here.
2: Well, I'm really glad to be here, and as I'm listening to you guys, it makes me think about the reality that there's really different ways of knowing. Right. There's this cognitive way of knowing that mm. seems very Western, very American mm. does, which, of course, is foundational to mm. translating from awareness to action. But sometimes we just stay in that place of awareness or we seek to continue to build more cognitive file folders, but then we don't access those file folders mm. in our lived experience. And mm. so, yeah, you guys have had a, a couple of uh, years of reps in community around The normalization of moving from awareness to action and how fun that Sabbath is one of those invitations that we've practiced together.
0: Awesome. And there's a reason why we want to talk about Sabbath today is because oftentimes church workers are not that great at Sabbath. And as we talk about Sabbath, I think we'll see church workers are not the greatest at, I'd say, even the awareness sometimes, Hmm. but also the action in particular. But also I think the people that we care for in the church, the people listening to this podcast are living a rhythm of life mm. that is detrimental to their spiritual health and to their relational health, to their bodily health, their mental health. And, and so, yeah. So yeah. let's begin with kind of just a basic level question.
1: What is the Sabbath? All right, should, should want... I open up a Bible? You can. While okay. you're doing that, I have, I have a joke for Vanessa. Oh, yeah. we got to do it's the joke. Okay. Oh,
2: yeah. I want to hear this joke.
1: All right. You can laugh if you want to. You You've been waiting to. this whole time to do the I joke. Oh, was just, yeah. <laughs> just sorry. <laughs> we got the build-up here. here. we got the build-up. Okay, go up. ahead. Okay. So, Vanessa, why do um, chicken coops only have two doors?
2: Uh, why do chicken coops only have two doors? I don't know.
1: Well, if they had four, there would be chicken sedans.
2: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, that's, like that. that's pretty good.
0: good. So, Sabbath, uh, coming to the Bible here, <laughs> back into transitioning <laughs> from that joke, <laughs> yeah. uh, we come to the Bible, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, we get the third commandment. God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work.
1: So sometimes we hear Sabbath and we think, well, in the Lutheran catechism, we say, hey, it's about hearing God's word. Um, And sometimes it can feel like a command that's like one more thing to do. Oh, like, I got to go to church. Yeah, right. I have to Sabbath, put it on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, What's cool about the context of that Exodus passage is they're coming out of Egypt where the people literally had no days off, they were being worked Mm -hmm. to death, and they couldn't have any rest. And so when they came under God's rule, as opposed to Pharaoh's rule, God says, there's gonna be a day in your life where you do nothing, you rest, Mm -hmm. you delight, you rejoice. So it really is, instead of a command, um, another to do, it's a gracious invitation right? You're not going to be like the other nations. You're not going to be like under a tyrant, a slave master. You're under a gracious king who gives mm-hmm. you a day off. Gives you a day off. Yeah. 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 There,
0: there's so much. I mean, gosh, we could talk about this forever. Yeah. Just the deep theology of the Sabbath. I mean, so for for one, you have the Hebrew word, which just means Sabbath means to pause. It means hmm. stop, take a break, time out. And it's given to us in the background of creation. So, you know, God rests on the seventh day, not because he's tired. God doesn't get tired. He rests, meaning he stops. And there's this element of delight that he saw what he made and it was very good. And hmm. so there's a creation kind of rhythm. And Luther even says that natural law teaches us that we can't work all the time. We need to take yeah. a break for the refreshment of body and soul. But then we have the backdrop of the Exodus, where God redeemed his people from their slavery in Egypt, and the Sabbath was a a reminder that God had rescued them from their slavery in Egypt. And so really, um, and Pete Scazzaro talks about this in his book, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, that that the Sabbath is sort of like a protest against mm. the way of this world. You're saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to trust God that I can take a day off from making money and he'll still provide for mm. me. I can trust God that, that I'm not actually that important. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm loved thanks, and valued. Thanks be to right? God. <laughs> but I'm not like, yeah, you're not, not everything Atlas. hinges upon me. Right. Yeah, you're, you're not, not holding the
1: world on your shoulders. And you're then, a creature.
0: Ultimately, just to kind of move this toward the New Testament, we see that Sabbath is kind of renewed and given back to us in Christ through the death and resurrection of our Lord because we say that he took a Sabbath rest in the tomb, right? And then Mm. he rose from the dead. And uh, what does Jesus say? He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath, Mm. right? And so this is very much for Christians, right?
2: Yeah, for every believer. And if you're out there listening to Exodus thinking, well, I'm not a forced slave, would you wonder with me, do you live in a culture that has an expectation of you being a slave? Hmm. Hmm. A slave of productivity.
0: Success,
1: status. Yeah, you're you're whipped by your emails <laughs> instead of a whip, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, the, right. it's the ding of your phone. Yeah. Yeah, of social media. Yeah.
0: Yeah, instead of uh, making bricks without straw (laughs) straw. and giving more emails. Yeah. Yeah, so let's kind of, let's let's go into this a little bit. Let's say that the person listening right now just says, that's cool, I get it, but I can't do that. Um, Or, you know, like, that's interesting, but maybe that's for really spiritual people. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute. What are maybe some of the excuses we might have hmm. for not wanting to practice a Sabbath?
1: Well, I, I do think um, I think there's this idea that's in the water of like kind of total work, and you're already talk, talking about this. Sometimes our culture just forces us to work all the time, and I think we can even think the only reason to take time off of work is so that I get rested so I can go back to work, right? So everything is ultimately about one more push of productivity. So you don't rest for delight. You don't rest to enjoy your family and to uh, recoup your body and just look at the sunset. You rest so that you can sharpen yourself to get back at the grind. And so I think it's a focus of kind of total work, right? Everything is about work, 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 work. And so if that's the mindset, then it's like, well, I'll take a rest if I absolutely need it. If, I, in, if I'm on the edge of crash, I'll take a rest just so that I can get back to the productivity. But productivity is what's running the show. So to say, no, don't be productive. Just sit there, <laughs> do something you delight in, hear the promise of God and to do that, it takes, the sh- it takes the focus off of work and productivity, which I think is really hard for some people. You say, I just don't, I can't set aside my work why? for something
0: frivolous, you know? Why do you think this is so hard for people? Let me, I'm gonna ask this in a two-part question.
2: Okay, that sounds good.
0: Okay, so why do you think that Sabbath, resting, pausing, not being needed, why is that so hard for your average person who comes to church, average American person. Why is it so hard for church workers, pastors, DCEs?
2: Yeah, I would say they're pretty similar reasons. And the two top reasons would be a misplaced identity. Hmm. And secondly, uh, falling into cultural norms.
0: Hmm. So talk about that identity a little bit. Like, so what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, so... We know scripture teaches us, we're reminded in our baptism that we're enough and we are in Christ and we are his hard stop. He's taking care of it all. Um, Theologically, we may understand that. We may continue to grow to understand that our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet in our fallen human state, we are continually tempted to place our identity in other places, place our worth, place our value. And the, many, the enemy will do anything in his power to get us to believe that we're not enough and that Christ isn't enough. And living in our culture, kind of mirroring some thoughts here with both... Um, response one of a misplaced identity and then secondly cultural pressures um we live in a a country that really just values results values success values productivity and let's be real once we make progress in that we tend to get affirmed in that and Mm -hmm. that feels kind of good and it's not hard to then place our identity in this placeholder of, I'm getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. People are liking mm-hmm. what I'm doing, and hey, I'm getting some endorphin rushes from this, mm-hmm. and oh, now I'm having opportunities to, to do more things that um, I, I thought in my mind I wanted to do. And oftentimes what happens is the more and more and more and the striving um, just increases the burden and makes it even more challenging to see our true identity in Christ because we're constantly busy. Mm-hmm. And here's the catch. In order for us to be open to this counter-cultural invitation from God, we have to make space for God to work. Mm. He's there. He's going to do his thing. But if we continue to make choices to crowd him out, it's going to be really hard for us to even take that first step of a practice.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's almost like our culture values results over character Mm. or results over relationship or all those things, and, and, and so we can look at things falling apart in our lives, our interior spiritual life, relationships, health, and we can maybe learn to live with that because we'll look at the results,
1: and mm. that's got devastating effects, I think, in ministry in particular. And I, I think, well, it seems virtuous too, you know, and that's one of mm-hmm. the dangers is it looks virtuous if you're working yourself to death. Like yeah. we give those people gold stars, Hey, you worked 80 hours this week. That's awesome. You're you doing know? stuff. Yeah, you're really sharp. Like Elon Musk, you know, he's like sending rockets to space and everything, building tunnels, crazy things underground, building cars and roofs. Like, one of his advice is you have to work twice as much as everyone else. And it's like, whoa, dude. No, <laughs> you don't have to work twice as much as everyone else. But he's like a cultural icon and a hero mm-hmm. for us. And, that's what he says, but it's like, I bet that's not even that effective. Yeah. But it's just this, it's like, if we're not effective, if we're not producing, then our worth goes down. And we're not worthwhile. And I think it's a dangerous ethic.
0: Yeah, and you almost want to ask, like, okay, work twice as everybody else, but what do your relationships look like? Yeah, right. What They're about terrible. the people around you? <laughs> yeah. What about just your own sense of self? Um, your spirituality yeah so Vanessa you've kind of led us as pastors on this journey of of Sabbath and and introducing this concept and and inviting us to practice it never perfectly right but just learning how to practice it and we have I know in my own life it's ebbed and flowed but I've begun to just really look forward to Sabbath as like that's my day to be renewed and to rest and to delight in God's creation. In, in just a little bit, I want to talk about kind of what goes into a Sabbath, but, but let me ask you, does this come naturally for you? That's my first question. And the second question is, who kind of led you to this idea of Sabbath and modeling it for you? So does this come naturally for you as a human being? How did you kind of get there? Who modeled for you that you need this?
2: Yeah, it, it absolutely does not come naturally for me. Um, I would say the reflective facet of fast of Sabbath comes naturally for me. I'm constantly thinking, and I love kind of shifting gears of my thoughts between. Uh, more technical, conceptual things, and just life reflection. So that would probably be the facet of Sabbath that does come naturally for me. But what does not come naturally is the slowing down that's mm. necessary before actually stopping. Mm. You know, I once heard a phrase, it's it's really not very encouraging, but I'll, I'll share it here anyways. <laughs> and I don't really know who, who to attribute it to, but but the phrase is, um, you can either take the Sabbath or the Sabbath will take you. Mm. And that's mm. essentially what happened to me, as uh, just a young adulthood journey of striving, 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 and I hit the wall. Um, thankfully, the the burnout I experienced had you know residual effects for me, of course. And at the time, no children, and um, you know it, it became parts of conversation in the marriage, but it didn't impact the marriage hugely. But what it did is it opened a huge door for me personally to ask the questions. Um, how does God want me to navigate my drive, Hmm. how do I reconcile um, activity with rest, and what does the Bible say about all of this? And so I would say I didn't move from those questions to a very clear understanding of Sabbath. Um, And I actually don't have one person in particular that I can attribute to being a gateway for modeling it. But I will say, as I was doing my dissertation research, just to boil it down very quickly, I did a case study research with Faith Walking in Houston, which is an intentional um, spiritual formation, um, growth kind of two-year process that incorporated elements of Sabbath communally. And so I would say that was really the first time that I had it modeled to me and experienced. And so then I just read as much as I could and tried to connect with like-minded people and continued to practice. And like you, John, my practice is ebb and flow Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, it, you know, I find challenging too is that sometimes there's nobody in your life who's encouraging you to slow down.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: You get a lot of pats on the back for revving it up and doing stuff. But I mean, sometimes ministry can be a little bit of a lonely experience because you don't have anybody who's asking, how are you doing? And, um, but I think in my own life, you know, even before um, going through the leadership, you know, learning communities, uh, with you, uh, Jeff Clater, Pastor Jeff Clater down in St. Louis was one of my mentors in seminary. And he would really talk about Sabbath a lot. And I saw mm-hmm. him model that really well and give time to his family and really be focused in his own spirituality. And, um, and, but I've seen the opposite. I've seen those in ministry who are harassed and harried and hurrying in every direction and just never, and you say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a very common um, response most people give, you know? Yeah. If you ask anybody, how are you doing? doing? Busy. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy busy. Or how are you tired? Yeah. Um, So those two things seem to go together. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not good that we're constantly exhausted. And I think... Yeah, it's good that some people in the world model what it's like to say. It's okay to stop. It's okay not to be the one quarterbacking everything. Not everything is an instant emergency response. That's right, yeah.